This podcast is supported by Understood Explains. As parents, we are often having to figure out things as we go, and that is very true for our children's education. And to help you out, I want to tell you about a podcast called Understood Explains. This season is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Ortube, and she discusses all the things you'd want to know about individual education plans, or IEPs, what they are, why they're needed, who benefits from them, and what to expect when you have meetings with teachers. I could have really used this podcast when my son had an IEP for speech when he was six. I was overwhelmed trying to understand the process and what everything meant. The episode on Understood Explains, Does My Child Need an IEP?, was the kind of info that would have really helped me get the most out of the educational support of the IEP for my son. And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Welcome to Mom in Mind, where we dive into all aspects of perinatal mental health and wellness related to pregnancy, birth, loss, postpartum, and new parenthood. It's so much more than postpartum depression. We raise the volume on all of these topics in the hopes that someday everyone will have the support and info that they deserve before they need it. Please note this podcast is not a replacement for treatment by a professional or professional training. Welcome to Mom in Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. I'm coming on today mostly just speaking from the heart and mind about a couple of things that have been really upfront in my thoughts lately. There have been several tragedies in the news and in our communities of mothers and babies we've lost related to postpartum mental health. And it's been an education, to say the least, to have something like that happen in my own community and to feel really called to kind of, I guess, pay attention to how people respond when there's a tragedy related to postpartum psychosis and what happens to the family and the community. So I'm kind of going to be speaking from my local experience here, and it may resonate with you who have experienced things like this in your community. One of the things that has really, really stood out to me is the kind of split that we have within our society and culture when something happens like this, like to a mother and a child. I'm not going to get into too many details other than to say there have been some tragedies that involve loss of life related to early postpartum. And what it looks like from the outside from an educated in perinatal mental health person is that these are probably postpartum psychosis related situations. What I have come to see a little bit more clearly is that from the outside, let's say people who are or slightly educated or not educated at all, is there's a pretty big split. There's a split between people who say, oh, this must be postpartum related or call it postpartum depression or have some assumption that it has to do with something related to having a child, which is great. I was actually really surprised to see how many people made that assumption or thought that that might be a part of what's going on. The other side are the people who vilify these moms and families, you know, really, really horrible statements about who they are and what should happen to them after they've done something so horrible that, you know, they they should be punished in the most severe of ways. 
feel like you're the martyr in your family, you're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. And I get it. People don't understand what's going on. But all of this has highlighted the severe lack of information that most people have. Even the people who are well-intentioned and well-meaning, it's really hard to understand the intricacies of what happens during a postpartum psychosis. And sadly, it looks like we are in a culture of victim shaming and victim blaming and putting the responsibility on the people who are not well to somehow figure out how to also heal themselves when their resources are low, when their energy is low, when their mood is low, when, when everything just doesn't feel right, we're blaming them for what has happened to them. And frankly, I feel like it's actually really a failure on all of our parts. We don't have enough of a safety net yet for these moms and families. Some moms are trying to get treatment and get support. And some moms slip through the cracks and then don't get any of the help that they need. And then terrible things happen. So we not only fail them once, but we fail them multiple times. They don't get the help and services and support that they need during one of the most crucial and intense transformations in life, which is going from not having children to having children. And then when bad things happen, where do they go? Where do these moms go? Just from what I've been witnessing here locally, there's, you know, a rush to cover the news story. There's all of these articles. There's hundreds of articles posted about the tragedy and what happened and whatever details they could pull together in and around the date of the tragedy. And the sort of buzz and worry and concern around it lasts for a couple of days, maybe a week. Then there's nothing. And not only nothing in the news, but then nothing in the way of helping these families. Unless there is a local person who is really invested 
in making sure that the family gets the help they need and the advocacy that they need. I don't really know where they're getting the help that they need. Is it in the jail? Is it in the psych ward connected to the jail? Where is the family getting help? How are they getting access to people who know how to talk to them about these tragedies? How are they getting connected to other people who've been in these tragedies? It's like, you know, the family goes into this postpartum period blind, not knowing what could be ahead, not knowing what to recognize if something's happening, and then something bad does happen, and then they don't know what to do. They don't know who to turn to. Their families are under so much stress, and I imagine feeling very, very alone. Because now somebody they love and care about is, you know, in jail or has died. Half of the people they know probably are trying to figure it out and support them. And the other half of people are probably vilifying the mother or father or whatever happened. And it's just so frustrating to watch and so heartbreaking that there isn't an effective and useful system in place, not only before something happens, but after what happens after? All we see in the news is these, is the initial story. These folks and these families live a lifetime with this. I don't know if they get the help they need to process this, to understand this. I hope so. But most of our society and culture is woefully undereducated or uneducated about what can happen during this period of time, about how bad it can really get. And for me, not knowing a whole lot about the legal process at this time yet, what happens to the moms if they survive their tragedy is a very long road. And their road partially depends on the people who end up surrounding them and supporting them. So if they've committed a crime, there's so many things in place that are going to be affecting her at any given time. One is the overarching law. Like what laws do we have in place? that recognize this period of time in these tragedies. We don't have good laws for this. We don't have a good understanding in the United States of this legally. Then, you know, if mom goes in and doesn't have the means to get a representative, then a public defender is chosen. And hopefully that public defender has some knowledge or has some experience or has connections or has someone that they can talk to and adequately defend the mother. If not a public defender, then a private lawyer who also hopefully has all of those resources. Then which judge are you in front of? Does this judge have any sense of these issues? Are they willing to learn about it? Again, I'm not a lawyer or legal in any way, but I imagine these cases aren't seen very often. So then if it goes to trial, what kind of trial is it? Is it a bench trial? Does the judge make the decision? based on the evidence? Or is it a jury trial? How much does the jury understand? What about in the jail or in the psych unit of wherever this mother is? Do they know what's going on? Do they know all of the symptoms? Do they understand how to adequately support a mom going through something tragic and then living through it and then being possibly in an altered state? I don't know. But I do find myself wanting to figure all of this out and find the answers to all of this and wanting to find out if these people who are, you know, in a difficult position to do a very hard job to support someone that they either don't understand or do understand or have compassion for or don't, 
This is a very complicated system. These are very complicated systems that involve healthcare, legal, social services, housing, neighbors, witnesses, first responders, medical teams, hospitals, air transport, everyone doing their job. And I'm sure there are multiple other things involved as well that I don't have the full understanding of. It just makes me wonder, do we know enough? Do these people know enough? The people who are going to be interacting with these moms and these families, do they know enough? Do they know enough to be able to treat her with compassion and kindness? But it's really hard to do if you don't get it. I keep wondering about the families too. I mean, the road to recovery for them to understand what's going on, to put things into perspective, to hope for the best, to be in months, years long legal struggle. It's a lot. It's a lot that we can prevent. I just wish we could prevent this. I know we can't logistically, logically get the resources to everybody, get the information to everybody. But there's some part of me that hopes that we can. And it's going to take all of us, every single one of us, to have open discussions and talk about the realities of mental health during this period of time, to normalize it, to say it's okay to get help, to show the reality of our lives on the internet and not just the fun, happy moments, to really check in with people and ask them how they're doing, to offer them support. I don't know. There's just so much that needs to be done. Yeah, sometimes I feel hopeless about it. Just for a moment, just for a moment, because the gravity and the depth of the situations are so deep and so intense and also just kind of just out of reach. Like if we could have just gotten to them before, if we could have just helped them a little bit before, all of this could have been avoided. All of the pain and trauma and devastation and tragedy could have been avoided. I can't stay in that place too long and we can't stay in that place too long. It is a heavy place to stay. In part, I can't stay there because I know there are a lot of people doing amazing work. There are a lot of organizations out there just working so hard to get education out to everyone and laws changed and policies changed and having tough conversations and doing the checking in on people. That is happening. Sometimes it doesn't get to everybody who needs it, though, and that is the hard part. Being in this field and seeing how hard my colleagues work and how deep their passion is to make sure that we're reaching all families, man, that's real. It's so real. I know. I've seen it, how much work is being done voluntarily often to get the word out, to make sure that resources get to people, to train as many people as possible. I know that all of that is happening. But those families don't. Those families who just went through the tragedy, they don't know. Hopefully they find out, but they don't know that we exist, that the helpers are here. They might not have even known anything was going on with their loved one. It's so hard to know. Or maybe they did and they felt helpless and they didn't know where to turn. I just go back and forth with this, that there's just so much more work to do. And we're doing it. We're all of us are doing it. Everyone who talks about it, if you listen to this, if you're sharing it, if you're doing your work and sharing your work, if you're starting groups, if you're being an advocate, if you're doing walks and climbs in your area for awareness, we're all doing the work. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, 
a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. But those families that are affected, they still need our help after the tragedy happens, after the news story dies out. They're still in a process and they still need us. So I didn't really have a point necessarily today for coming on here. Just wanting to talk it out and bring a little bit of thought and maybe get a little perspective out there and perspective from you guys on how you think we can be doing better. How can we build a better safety net? And we're all doing this together. And I know each of us has so many ideas about how things could be better. And if you're already working in a local collaborative near you, or if you're on a PSI chapter, or you're working locally with your doctors, I mean, you guys... There's so many good ideas out there. And I know all of you who are like touched by things like postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety, you've been through the trenches of that and made it through. And so many people want to then turn around and help other moms. So our force is growing for sure. And I know a lot of lives are being saved because of the work that everybody's doing. I know there's a ton of hope out there. If you guys have any thoughts on any of this, I'd love to have a back and forth with you. Please email me info at momandmind.com. It can be easy to feel isolated when we're in our homes or in our offices or kind of stuck in our minds thinking about these things, but you can always reach out. There are many places to reach out. Absolutely reach out to me, reach out to Postpartum Support International or any of the local resources near you. Yeah, thanks for listening with me today. I just kind of needed to get some thoughts out there and expand the conversation I've been having in my head a little bit. And I would love to talk with you all about it. Kind of just want to give everybody a hug if they need it and try and hold on to the hope that is out there that, you know, when these tragedies happen, it is devastating. It affects the whole community for sure in many, many ways. And If we can stick together and pull together and make sure that we're still helping the families after bad things happen and before and preventing bad things from happening, I know we can do that. I know we can.
Well, thanks for tuning in today and listening along with me. Again, please reach out if you feel pulled to do that. And if you know of anybody who just had a child or is pregnant or maybe suffering and you think this podcast could be a good resource for them, please do share it. And if not this, share the postpartum.net resource or share local resources that you have. I think we can't be shy about offering support to people. We can't be quiet about it. We just have to give it to everybody. Everybody deserves information and education and support, even if they're doing okay. But certainly if they might not be doing okay, we need to get information to them. So anyhow, I'll get going now. Thanks for being with me and listening through my kind of thought process this week. And I look forward to being with you again. Until next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please share this podcast. Together we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Come connect with us at momandmind.com. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us 